Josh, where's where's the campsite? It's coming up just ahead over there. Are you scared of the dark? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I'm with my friends. I'm okay. <laughs> Field of Geeks presents The Super, Super Unknown. I'm Josh. I'm Juan. I'm Steph. I'm Chris Hughes, the founder of SciPit, South Central Paranormal Investigative Team. And our website is www.scipit.com. I'm Patrick. I am co-founder of SciPit. I am Colin. I am lead investigator for SciPit. And I'm Matthew Bennett, founder of Depart. Um, we also have a podcast, um, Introspection on Skydoor Network on Facebook. We have a whole bunch of different shows on there. We've got people from the Netherlands on there. We've got, we've got a whole wide, wide range of stuff on the, on the network. It's all positive, uplifting stuff. Come on over and check that out too. Ray Hughes, that's his, that's Chris's wife, okay. and then Carrie, which is his daughter and his wife, my wife. Did you guys go to the um, Van Meter Visitor site? Yes. Is that, yeah. How was that? Cause they did a, they did a podcast on our very first episode. Um, we talked it about wasn't it. Wasn't yeah. super in depth. I don't think mm-hmm. necessarily, but I'm just wondering what you guys. Well, Matt is on the board at okay. the Visitor Center Festival. Okay. He's part of the Okay. Um, it's interesting the stories and everything. I've never chat for that does wrote the book and stuff about it and they've done the documentary about it. It's been interesting to go out there to see where it all happened at and when you walk into this one bank, a realtor's area now, it's like walking into the old bank because the bank vault is nothing's changed inside. Outside's new, you walk in it looks like this inside. Okay. And there's the vault. Wow. And that supposedly the guy went out there, took a couple shots of this thing and went hit in the vault. And the vault's original. And then you drive out a little ways out of town, and there's the old brick mine out there. Yeah. And that's where these things supposedly came from. Any feelings or anything when you were out there? Or brick mine would be yeah. awesome to investigate, yeah. but the owner won't want you out there. Oh, yeah, there too many course. people out there, I yeah. guess, their own doing things. Right, right, of course, of course. So you can see so, it, but you can't actually yeah. visit. He'll open his gate down, way down the end of the road, and he'll open it up for them to drive up there so you can see it. Okay. And he shuts it that in after the visitor's so. Wow. Yes. It was a year they have a big uh, festival. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Has he said anything about like anything he hears or experiences being in that location there, on that territory? I'm saying the man that opens and closes the gate, oh, the one that owns he, that property. I haven't really talked to him. Mm. I mean, he pretty much just keeps himself. Yeah, keeps himself. Yeah. Interesting, Josh. You know, I want everything. I want. I know. I want I all the creepy stuff. I know. I have to be like, no. We're like yin and yang when it comes to this. Like, I'm not so I'm much. I'm going to pee himself later. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom <laughs> before. <laughs> yes. Shoot it. <laughs> Hug it. Y'all really want to pee yourselves, go out to Wymore, Nebraska. We just went out there uh, last Monday. and Not in the well, we could go last Monday. And uh, nonstop action from 15 minutes from when we got there until when we left. Wow. Like a house or where are we at? It's actually an old, okay, so you know old Main Streets with the big, you know, the buildings that had the businesses on the first, yeah. the ground yeah. floor with the apartments above it? Yep. That's exactly what it is. Wow. wow. Al Capone's been through there. The, the Dillinger gang's been through there. <laughs> Active community ties to the KKK. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's a pretty rough town as far as... Okay. Damn. Yeah. Mm. And just, just nonstop activity out there. Wow. 
That's great. Shout out to Christy Williams, who owns the, own, owns the building. Wow. And they were asking questions about Van Meter, too. You know more about that than... Yeah, because we made it a, a little bit on one of their first episodes, right? Mm -hmm. about yeah. It. And so what do you all know about the visitor? Oh, not too much. It was just... Online research. It was, like our, it was like our beginning, like our intro. Like, we did some studying on it, but as for, like... Just know of the sighting. One of one of the most one of the earliest known recorded sightings of the Mothman here in the United States at 1903. Okay. And it even happened before the Point Pleasant attack. And it and it happened for an entire week, terrorized. I mean, it wasn't just you know your town drunks and you know you know the, mm -hmm. the old small towns. Yeah, they're drunk, drunks yeah, and crazies. Yeah. I don't mean to be mean or you know on PC, sure. but looking at it from that perspective of time. It wasn't just them, you know. It was it was bankers. It was it, it was it was the town drunks. Everybody was seeing this thing. By the time it terrorized them for the weekend, they they literally got all their weapons together, chased this thing out of town right. to the coal mines, shooting at it the whole way. Bullets were not affecting it whatsoever. Then it once they cornered out in the in the old mines, it took off and then returned with with a second creature Literally. half of its size. Right. So it's, it's, that's another unique thing about our sighting here in Iowa is that it's also one of the only sightings where two creatures have been spotted at the same same location, same time. So wow. wait, this has been spotted elsewhere? It wasn't just here? Well, the there, are, there, are, there are different theories about that. Um, some people think that, 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 that our, our, our encounter here in Iowa wasn't necessarily maybe a Mothman, but maybe some, because there are some people that say it kind of looked more dinosaur-esque. Yeah, like a, with like the a, wings. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, you know how firsthand, you know, if you sit down and play a game of telephone, you know, you're not going to get the same yeah. thing when you when you. Where's it? Where's the Mothman supposedly sighted now, or is it? Not Actually, it's interesting you ask that question. Just here in 2017, there were over 87 reports of the Mothman spotted in spotted in Chicago of all places. So it's pretty much traveling if it's the same. In the thing. city, or in the city, yes, in the urban city. That's insane. 87 That's reports awesome. in 2017. Look it up. It's on. It's on. It's on the internet. And we all know whatever's on the internet is true. Of course. But, but seriously, they, had, they, they, they did have a record number of, of reports of the Mothman. Oh, Moth, something no. Mothman-esque in, in the city. Over. Is there still sightings in the other parts? Like, is it possible there's mm. many? Or is this maybe just My one? personal take on it, and this is just my personal views and, and theories, is I think it's an interdimensional being of some type. It, it, that would explain the omnipotence that it has. Because mm -hmm. um, we all know about the Point Pleasant attack and how you know, it, it seemed to predict stuff that was going to happen. Um, how it can uh, be multiple places at once, how it interacts, how it moves. It just kind of makes sense that the multi-dimensional the, the dimensional being sure. you know, theory kind of fits. Wow. So if that's the case, then if it's got access to different dimensions, and that means it's got access to, to time and space itself. And wow. so it, that is omnipotence, wow. really. That's why, that's why when a lot of our spirit interactions that we have, We'll get like we had a case down in Southwest Iowa, one of our one of our first house cases or private cases, and on EVP we have it answering our questions for us. It was it was we had to do a, what's called a binding there to bind bind the spirit. During the binding, you use the name of the entity that you're you're trying to bind. And as I was calling his name out, I heard back on our recorder my name and my voice. Wow. So, I mean, if you really stop to think about it, their spirit is everywhere all the time. And so they don't, they're not constricted by time and space like, like we are. We don't, they, don't, they don't see time linear like we do. Wow. It's, this moment is you know, both past, present, future, and, and all in one. You think it's like the next stage after death? Or? See, it's kind of funny that we're getting down this track because we were just <laughs> talking about this on the way over here about how, 
you know, there's a there's a quantum there's a change happening on a quantum level in this universe, mm -hmm. and that is going to. The, again, these are just theories and thoughts and med you know things that I go through on my mind and meditations. Me and some other colleagues that I that I keep in a regular touch with on uh, a regular basis think that uh, the dimension it's going to the dimension is going to shift. We're going to get one or two more dimensions added to this one. So in essence, while the veil is actually thinning in some mm -hmm. with this communication we're getting and actually disappearing because there's there's another veil about ready to be cast again because once that once those dimensions are added, people that are enlightened and know and can wrap and have open minds and can 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 think outside the box, they're the ones that are going to be able to exist in that in that new in that new reality. Wow. And people that aren't they're just going to kind of get shut off by that by that veil. Another 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 barrier so to speak kind of like the one we have now between us and whatever we're communicating with on the other side when we sure. do this. Wow. That's so fascinating. What's your origin tell if you will? Like how how'd you all come to get into this type of uh, profession, this field, if you will. You remind me of a uh, race dance, the way you talk. I like it. He was actually one of my heroes. <laughs> oh, sweet. Oh, well, you're representing well. It's like I got Dan Aykroyd here with me. It's great. <laughs> my whole thing was there was a house in Monroe, Iowa that a friend owned, and we were over there for a Halloween party. And he wanted to stay tonight. I knew it was haunted. He's been on Channel 13 News and everything. And we just couldn't do it because we had to go back to work next day. His son and I both left. He had a flat tire on the way home, and my car went in the ditch like it hit a patch of ice, and there was no ice anywhere. Then he died a few years later, and his wife always said that he was there to watch over the house and play tricks on people. Like a guy would come work on a furnace, his tools would end up missing out back out of his car when he left him down in the basement. Things like that. Wow. And uh, he kind of died tragically because a Jeep fell on him out in the garage when nobody was around. Um, that got me into wandering because I knew him really closely. Never got to go back to that house to see if he's there, but that got me into the field. When I was a kid, I was I was in my room by myself, and I, w I would peer, look around this corner, and I would just hear this laughter like a skull laughing. It happened, it happened for three or four days straight. Then it stopped. I was like, I thought I was like, I'm a little kid. Well, it's just my imagination. Then I started seeing uh, documentaries about ghost hunting and. A, a pres like a presidential ghost hunting from from Abraham Lincoln. He used to see stuff when he in the middle of the night. And all this time, I was like, I'm I'm losing my mind. And all of a sudden, I started me and him started working together, and we started talking about ghost hunting. And then eventually, he was like, let's go let's go to a cemetery and see what we can do. And then we, we all of a sudden, I got in that cemetery. Something was whispered to me. And Chris, Chris and his wife was way off on the other side of the cemetery. He's like, what the heck? <laughs> wow. And we started this team. I didn't, I didn't really get too much into it until I met uh, the founder's daughter. You know, we got married. I can't say I've always had a knack for paranormal because I wasn't always close-minded, but I wasn't always open-minded. It was kind of one of those things, like, on-the-brink type deals. And, you know, because I was at my mom's, and then next thing I know, there's a pop bottle just go flying across the room so I got up and went because it came from the kitchen it was the kitchen to the living room I got up and went in there and looked and there was no one in there I was like okay when no I was trying to think in my head because I like to think I'm a that's what I do and I was like okay so it wasn't the wind so how did you go from there to there and then fast forward to 2017 is when I late 2017 early 2018 is when I officially kind of joined the team 
it's starting out, and then between then and now, we've went on, I can't even count how many. We've been to several events and several investigations. They all kind of blur together after a while. Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think my favorite investigation that we did was where I got pretty much my first kind of knack for the field, and that was at uh, the school. Not Manila, the other one. Oh, Farrar? Farrar, yes. Farrar. Oh, okay. Farrar School. And we were down in uh, the boiler room, and I had a device that lights up when there's uh, energy signatures and stuff. And I was sitting there in a chair, and there was other people, and then all of a sudden the lights just start going haywire. Everybody looks, they walk towards it, see what's going on, and it just disappears. So then I went into a room by myself, and it lights up again, and then of course everybody looks, wanting to see what's going on, so they walk towards that door, and it's just gone. And I was like, so, you guys just need to stay back? <laughs> Let me be here by myself for a few minutes. <laughs> Try to communicate here. Sure. But, um, you know, I, I loved every second of every investigation we've been on. You know, we've been, you know, we've been to many places, you know, um, we've hosted a couple events, I do believe. It's an interesting thing. Once you get into it, once it gets into your blood, you know, it, it becomes, it's kind of like a calling, you know? Sure. Um, I, my history with it, as a kid, I wasn't your average kid. I, I, I was really into the Ghostbuster movies and raised in a Chris, strict Christian household. You know, ghosts didn't exist. When you died, that was it. You either you know, went to heaven or hell. And, it was, and that was the end of it. So as a kid growing up, I was stifled not being able to, you know, explore this avenue. But we all walk a path for a reason. And, you know, having thoughts of what it would be like to be in, in six feet under in a, coffin, in a coffin with the nothingness, the, just the empty nothingness scared the crap out of me. You know, and I think that's where my deep-seated, you know, calling for this comes from knowing that there isn't nothingness after we die on this earth. It's, it's just another transition. You know, it's just, it's just another step. You know, and uh, just, you know, it just, it's, it's been a crazy road. The last nine years, almost nine years have been, yeah, like I said, it almost come, it becomes a blur. You know, there's specific things that stick out to you in certain, you know, certain, certain places. It's definitely a wild ride and it's not for everybody. If you can find your niche in it and use it for a tool for good, you know, to make this universe a better place, then by all means let's 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 do it so and basically yeah, that's what it comes down to is just helping people because that's when we, what we started as you know doing personal residences you know people that you know are suffering in silence you know that's one of the big things that i wanted to, to do when i got into this field is is really really kill that stigma of you know i think i may be having experiences in my house but i don't want people to think i'm crazy or sure. nuts sure or you know start heavily medicating me because they think i'm hearing voices and seeing stuff you know, I gotta wonder how many how many cases of schizophrenia out there are you know are a, a, a spirit guide trying to get a hold of someone, or they're actually if it is a, a mental illness, you know. Sure. But that's a whole other show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but oh, go ahead, sorry. no, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say with that, uh, do you guys believe in God? Do you not? Uh, it ranges. It ranges from each individual team and each individual investigator. Me personally, I'm more spiritual than I am religious. Sure. I'm more more eclectic, more more omniism. Anything that makes makes sense, I just kind of. It's industrial Velcro. 
Well, now, so I was reading on one of the websites, I'm not sure which one, that there's been demonic activity when, where they, you've been, and that somebody does like a blessing over yeah. the place now. Yeah, now, we so do. does that lead into more of a Christian faith, or is that just something that you have to do to keep you and your team safe? Oh, we do that both to keep our team safe, plus uh, we work with other teams and other people. Some are pagans, some are witches, but all other faiths. And we all together, we're part of Dominion Ministries, which is a nationwide, like, religious groups, but they're different groups. So if we have something in Canada or somewhere, we can look up of our team and say, hey, you got something in this town, can you take care of it? Um, Bishop James Long is part of the team we have, too, from... Uh, He's bound Ghost Adventures from Kentucky area. We have shamans. We work with one out of uh, Illinois. And if we have trouble with their religion, we always ask them what their religion is, or what their faith is. And we try to find that way of taking care of the problem that's there in their way, unless they were okay with the Christian religion. But we do blessings, we use sage, we use a little bit of everything to bless a house. And you have to understand too that the, the, the the chances of running into something truly demonic is slim to none. I mean, it's it's very rare. More often times than not, it's going to be an interdimensional being, an IDB, or it's going to be you know be something something along those lines. Because you know, even a even a human spirit, if you were if you if you were a butthole in life, you know, guess what? You're going to be a butthole in death too. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just you know, people get confused when they when they when they experience something negative, they automatically jump to the demon word and. It's just it's a it's a, it's a rarity. It does happen, but it's it's a rarity. Do you ever run into um, like entities or we'll just say energies that may be like just trapped, like they're just stuck? Hmm. It, hmm. So you know what I'm saying? Like they're like, why are you in my you, house? You guys were there for that one. Boone comes to mind. Yeah, that's what. I'm <laughs> yeah. So like oh, like man. basically you're in my house. Yeah. They don't. They're not. They're not understanding. Basically, you know, like the sixth sense. Like they don't know they're dead. They're not yeah, aware yeah. that this they've. One, this one we've had. It, we've had situations like that where they're still in their death state and they don't know that they're that they're that they that they're dead and, Bruce and Willis. they're confused. Yeah. Kind of Bruce <laughs> yep, yep. Exactly. Um, we've also had entities that were you know trapped for whatever whatever reason or another. Doing this line of work, there's never ever ever a dull moment as far as yeah, there are going to be dull moments when you're sitting in the dark and you ain't getting nothing. Mm-hmm. But the roller coaster that is, it, it, you get very small, tiny plateaus of where you're, where you're not. You know, I don't even look at, for example, like coincidences. Y'all heard coincidences. There, mm-hmm. The way I look at things, there, there are no such thing as coincidences. It's only synchronicities. Everything happens. We, yes, we have free choice, and there, there's that line between, you know, where do we have free choice and where does and where does fate drop in? But you know, it's 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 a huge philosophical philosophical discussion. What what are a yeah. lot of misconceptions with what you guys do? You you find maybe like from entertainment, let's say, or just just anybody <laughs> in general. Like that there's always well, action yeah. going on. That there's that, that, that you're going to go into a location and always experience something. I think right. That's the number yeah. one misconception. Well, and TV makes it look so easy too. Oh, I mean, yeah. you go in, they instantly tell you, okay, this is what you have in the house. Every investigation we have, upteen hours of recordings, upteen hours of video and everything to go through before we actually say, hey, there's something here. <laughs> yeah. Talking to the client. 
Yeah. Yeah. And talking to the clients. It's like a private meeting before yeah. you actually come to the property. Exira was a nine-month case for us. Wow. Yeah. Before. What was it? It was the town that we did here in Iowa. Oh, okay. we've, you know, we've had cases that last nine months to two years. It just depends, and it's all about about the aftercare. Right. You got to make sure that after you've gotten everything handled, it's all about really teaching them how to coexist. If it's nothing harmful or you're just going to hurt them, it's really at that point about education and teaching them. You know that, you know, yes, you're here now and that you're 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 your space, but it was their space too, and just to kind of you know coexist. Well, there is well there is no. Uh, co- Ghost hunting professional. Professionals ha- can promise something that's going to happen is done. You can't do that. Because we go in, nothing could happen. I mean, we go in there sometimes and we get nothing. But next time we come, next time you get phone calls and, hey, something, you stir up something. It's like, we did. <laughs> it's like, we didn't see, we didn't get anything there. But Is there like a lot of false. Uh... Well, so there's, there's some teams that will. Well, have you paid? You have, you have to pay them to come in. We can't do that because you pay money for a professional to do something. We can't give you results. We can we can tell you that hey something happened. Here here here's what happened, or we can tell you that nothing happened. Would you want to pay you a professional so, something for nothing? It just adds a predatory aspect to it. Yeah. yeah. Or like I want my money back. Or you're I'm Depart, they're Sipit. Yeah. Okay, and neither one of your groups. We we're close to the other. No, neither one of us charge. No. No. We refuse to charge. We all all of our costs comes out of our pit, of our pockets. We do have some clients out there that have been nice enough to donate over the years. Yeah. But we never we never ask for donations. If they want to, if they would like to offer up something for our services, then that's that's yeah. That's we cool. we get sponsors and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, well, but that's that's something else completely different though. That's sponsorship. That's corporate. That's yeah. That's a, more of a business. That's, in my eyes, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I think if somebody wants to okay. donate, that's good because, um, I mean, you still take your time. You're using your free time to do it. Mm-hmm. Or and what is that old adage? Time, 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 time is money? Right. I mean, so <laughs> I think that's great that you don't charge, but I also don't think that, in my opinion, I would pay somebody to come because I'm paying for your time, not necessarily for the, uh, the outcome. It's also nice that you don't charge because... It basically is like you're not really full of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. It's not like a carnival barker or whatever. You're coming into town and, yeah, you got a spirit. That will be 50 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, <laughs> I think it does help with clientele. I mean, you guys would know better than I would, but I bet you get more people interested in, like, having you come out because a lot of them probably can't afford to. Yeah. That's another misconception or necessarily a misconception, but some, something that people may not realize that, that, that want to maybe get into this. Is that we're we're just a little bit of everything. We're we're investigators. We're we're psychologists. We have you have to be able to read a client when you're when you're talking to them to know if it's you know if there are drugs involved perhaps or if they've got a history of you know any you have to look at everything the whole scope. Sure. So we're actually kind of jacks of all trades really when it comes down to it because you never know what you're going to walk into when you're when you're going into a private residence case. There's We've we've done, we've yeah, we we pretty much run the gamut as far as you know from not so good locations and dangerous locations and but that we didn't realize that we were walking in, into at the time because they weren't completely upfront and honest with us. Right. Right. So is that why you go out of your way to like meet with them before yes. and make sure like is this legit all this stuff? 
I mean, I guess there's physical dangers, but uh, what, have, what other dangers comes with what you guys well, do? The, one, of the, one of the physical dangers, for example, one of our cases that we did, the, it, it turned out that the gentleman was a, a federal parolee that had, that I found out from his neighbor, it was a duplex that we were doing, that had uh, AK-47s in his closet with, with sawed-offs, with, with filed-off serial oh numbers. There's only one thing you do with a weapon with filed-off serial numbers, you know, so... It, it runs the gambit. I mean, when you really have to understand that when you're going out and doing these public places like Ashmore, Farrar, you know, the Manila Schoolhouse, which we had the honor to operate for, for a year and a half in Manila, Iowa, it's no longer in operation now. But, but, you know, those type of things are different than when you're going into somebody's home and you're, you're, you're taking, in essence, responsibility for, for because when they're calling you, they're, they're, they have no one else literally to turn to because they don't feel like they can tell anybody else about it because they're going to be judged and all that fun stuff. So, you know, it's, it really is two just separate beasts, you know, sure. going in and doing a public place like this as opposed to doing the private cases. There really is two, two sides to that coin. What should we expect from tonight? There's stuff everywhere here, and I don't mm -hmm. know what the other floors are, but what are like your safety concerns, things like that with this kind of building versus a home or just an empty space? We, we worked buildings that had been under construction. They had boards on the floor with nails sticking out of them and everything. We actually have to watch our surroundings and make sure everybody with us is staying safe and we keep them like in a main area. Like this is such a big building with clutter everywhere, but you have your main floors that have the walkways. So we're trying to keep everybody in those walkway areas okay. so then they're not falling over something, tripping over something or hurting themselves. Okay. Is what it is. You just watch our surroundings and our surroundings at all times. What are the creepiest encounters you've you've had? Oh, Maybe they all merge oh. together, but anything that oh. sticks out. Our, Someone's got an idea. Yeah. I have too many ideas. Our number one back we've been doing this for ten years. Our first call was a guy that was having chest pains on Highway 92 in Iowa here. And his wife was a Methodist minister. She didn't know what to think of it, so she came to us. We went out with her to the road with him. We got out, he was looking at the area, just on the side of the road. He was feeling pains then, so he wanted down the road to come back and parked. He got out with this, and something pulled him over the guardrail. He had three big scratches on his back, and that was our first case out of the box. So that was one of our eviler cases we had. We got him to the Catholic priest, it was raining, so he blessed him in the rain, and um, He's been doing okay, but he was sensitive. He didn't know he was sensitive, so he was being attacked by the spirits around there. And another one, we had keys for a place that was haunted, they said. And we had the keys for about a month or two months, and we were just there investigating, trying to find out. It got to know each of our weaknesses and use it against us. One of our friends from another team, he came in, he almost put his fist through the glass table. I had to make him leave the building, and then he was fine after that. And then when we asked about mm -hmm. blessing the place, the owner didn't want to have it blessed. Really? Yeah, he wanted to leave it as is. And right now, as far as I know, it's been sold and somebody lives there. Wow. They probably don't know anything they don't about know it. That. Right. <laughs> okay. So is that like a case, do you think that the new owner maybe isn't experiencing anything then? Might not, or if it does, they will probably think they're crazy because most people that call us, they think they're crazy or people will think they're crazy if they say anything about something. Well, that's how I would feel. I'd be like, yeah. I'm sure I'm just crazy, but. <laughs> yeah, there are claims before when we went in saying it was haunted that the lights would flicker or the lights would go on in the middle of the night and nobody was around. Um, just different claims like that. 
But we did find out that there was somebody that committed suicide in the building, and about nine o'clock at night on our recorders and with our ears, we could hear the gunshot with a shotgun. Wow. I went and got the death record, and it matches the time we hear the gunshot. So what would you say to somebody that, okay, so like our house, our lights flicker all the time. How do you know if it's just electrical or if there's, like sometimes we'll be like, ah, oh, it's just the ghost to our kids, you know? And then it'll flicker again. So we're like, how do you know? See, our EMF detectors we have, or electromagnetic fields, they can check for bad wiring and things like that too. So we can oh. check that. You can get them, or electrician will probably bring them too and yep. check it. Okay. And they can tell you if your wires need to be updated or maybe it could be a fuse box. This case we had just a couple weekends ago, the fuse box, the fuses were too low for the ampage of the house and the garage. So when they had run something in the garage, the TV would go fuzzy and everything. Oh, okay. So, I'm sure that's all ours is. But the wiring is just crazy. perfect inside the house because it's done within the last three years. But it's just, wow, just not enough wiring. Yeah, no ampage. I would have to say my personal. The one that stands out most in my mind is a case we worked for two years right here in town, actually. more than, not, not more than two blocks away from my house, actually. Right in my own backyard. Really? Literally almost right in my backyard. And yeah, that, we had to work that sucker for two years. And over that time, we had to go back multiple times. One of the times we came back and one of the EVPs we captured as we were walk as I was walking in the door, it said, hello, Matt, right on the EVP. Actually, Alan could hear it with his own ears and he'd be like, I hope I captured that on, on audio. And sure as hell, he captured it on audio, greet me as I walked in. Now this is the most nerve wracking one was when we were down in the basement not the basement, I'm sorry, it's, I think of it as the basement because it's on the ground floor, but the garage, because you know how the old attached garages are on the old, on the mm -hmm. old houses from the 60s? That's kind of how this house is. Oh. And so we were down in the garage. Well, at the, at the time, her mom had just passed, and her mom's dying words to her were, "Hun, i I'm sorry, but I can't hold this thing back anymore, were her dying words. Oh, wow. And then we had to come back in a year later, well, about six months to a year later after her mom passed because the activity just... It's, it spiked up. You could tell her mom was doing something, whatever it was, to deal with whatever this was. But when we were down in the garage, you could literally, the boxes of storage and stuff, you could literally hear this thing crawling around on the cardboard boxes. You could hear its movement moving around you and circling you. Wow. It was, it, it's making the hairs on my arm stand up just and giving me goosebumps just as I'm, as I'm wow. describing it. Yeah, it's one of the, what we like to call a nail your foot to the floor moment where you got to nail your feet to the floor so you're not Scooby-Dooing out of there. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, no, it's, it's like I said, it, when, when stuff happens, it's, there's never a dull moment. Oh, and you just have the, the courage to stay there. and you got to think of the people that you're there trying to help. That's good, yeah. You, you, you know, it's, 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 I've often thought of it, and I've never really vocalized this, but I've often thought of it as kind of military-esque. You know how the military goes out and puts their life on the line for... It's kind of the same thing, only on more of a spiritual, spiritual level. So, you know, we're out there trying to make sure that people are safe and, and can have a safe space to call. Sure. Um, by the way, this is Ray and Carrie with Siphon as well. Mm -hmm. As far as weird experiences go, um, between all the stuff that happened at Boone and Farrar and... The school. Uh, yeah, even Manila by that chance. Uh, I think most... Most recent was uh, our little trip to Buxton when we were all out there. Yeah. I was sitting uh, on grass, just meditating, and uh, all of a sudden I started getting 
words in my head. Later on, we were doing a session. Uh, what was it, EVP session? I think it was probably, knowing me, it was probably Necrophonics. Yeah, on your app. Uh, and I was just throwing these words out there, and we were, and there was responses almost five to ten seconds later. I was like, there's so much that goes on out there that not a lot of people are aware of, and with the fact that we're out there every once in a while, you know, we try to get there as much as possible, you know, it just, it surprised me about every time we've been there, and I've been there probably about two or three times now, Did so. Did you tell about Buxton? No. No, we haven't talked Buxton is an old uh, ghost town over by Bussy, Iowa. It was a coal mining town, yeah. and uh, we go out there quite often, been going out there for nine years. It's a pretty nice place, but it's all outside. There's only a few buildings. That are standing. Or one building standing, or two buildings standing. If you can call it standing. Yeah, <laughs> barely standing yeah. over the years. <laughs> and then a couple foundations, and uh, we've been going out there. It's all open outside, so you get the nature and everything all in one. No electricity, no running yeah. water, no it's nothing. Awesome. There's also awesome no light pollution out there, too, so it's really good for, for sky gazing. For yeah, people. watching. It really does encompass every single aspect of the paranormal, because mm-hmm. you could have a cryptid wander through your camp, if in theory, you could see a UFO out there with the no light pollution and, of course, yeah. the, the, the spirit side of things. So. First time we went out, one of the investigators that went, that went with us saw about a six-foot-tall um, African-American gentleman in bib overalls go walking through the wall of the old warehouse. And it turns out that his um, uncle has seen it and other family members have seen this gentleman out there. Uh, we've got about a nine-year-old little boy that follows us around. And the Historical Society gave us the name Lourdes Rusby. And we've been able to confirm using our K2 meters, you know, make it blink once for yes, twice for no, just stuff like that, that he's lonely. He just misses having people around. We took her and our youngest daughter out there when they were younger, and he was answering their questions left and right. And so we get a lot of activity out there. It's, it is a fun place to go. Uh, I have a quick question. So do you find that uh first thing is do you guys mostly base yourself in like iowa and the midwest and then uh the next question is do you find that there's more activity here in iowa or the midwest overall compared to other places i don't know that how far you guys travel but are, are you seeing like is there more paranormal activity in the state of iowa than maybe I don't know if you'd be New York or whatever. I'm just saying, like, I'm just get, trying to get an idea. Well, yeah, well, it, you stop and think about, you know, spirit, spirit is everywhere all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. It just depends on, you know, the, the conditions of it, the energy, the, the, the energy of the people there, mm-hmm. the, the, how in tune they are to the spirit the spirit side of things. It, there's It's just so many variables, so many variables. Okay. So I wouldn't say I was any more, more or less haunted than, yeah. than, than any other place. I would say maybe it, 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 it's maybe active for, for different reasons. It seems like the southwestern part of the state doesn't want to let the history of what's happened there go. It, Iowa, I think, is kind of an untapped resource for paranormal yeah. activity. There's so much out there, but there's so much that's yet to be learned because so many people are drawn to your Civil War sites, mm-hmm. your big historical sites all around the U.S., and they forget about you know Iowa and small communities and stuff and how much paranormal can actually be going on in these communities. You know, so we... I I know Matt does too. We we're all you know we're from Iowa, you know Central South Central mm-hmm. Iowa, but we go to surrounding states too. You know when mm-hmm. when we're able to and we when we can travel, and we also network with a lot of teams all over. So we usually can find somebody to help. If we've gotten calls from California, from Connecticut before in the middle of the night, and have reached out to other teams to go and help these people. So 
That's nice. That's very good. Well, you know, we're all about trying to be a pair of unity, working together as teams, because people out there, you know, their kids are afraid of the dark, or people are afraid of what goes bump in the night. Somebody's got to be willing to go in and believe what they say, take them for the honest truth, and try to help them and help figure out what's going on. Let's help make little Johnny or little Susie feel safe at night. There's no reason for them to be afraid of the dark. Sure. You know, it might be a guardian angel, it could be something else, so let's take care of it. And when we all work together as teams, whether it be in Iowa or other um, states. states and stuff, sure. you know, then we can help more people. And, you know, that's what we're all about is helping. Absolutely. But when you think about Iowa, the first thing that comes about is Villisca Axe Murder House. Yep. That's all the people really that. say. You know, <laughs> you say, what's the haunted place in Iowa? Villisca. Yeah. And there's other places around. You just have to find these little gems and... Well, like, given that we're in the Des Moines area, uh, is there anything that comes to mind around here? Ferrara's 15 minutes away. Yeah. Yep. That's a yep. schoolhouse, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We investigated Hoyt Sherman Theater, the only team that gets going there. I saw that on the, on the website. That looked, yeah. Um, yeah. It was an interesting night. It, it was very one, interesting. One shot deal, one time to get to do, and one of their own employees um, answered questions for us and didn't know how she had went from her desk across the room and sat down and proceeded to answer questions for the next hour. And she's like, um, how'd I get over here? And we're like, because you said, I got to get up. I got to go. I got to go now. I got to get up. She's like, no, I didn't. 12, 15 of their staff members were with us and witnessed this all going on. Oh, wow. She works at that desk every day. She so did like not feel well at the type of thing? Kind of. Anyway. It, it used her channel through channel. her to answer our questions. Yeah. Didn't necessarily wow. possess her, but channel. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we got horses neighing in Hoyt Sherman's bedroom. We got like babies crying. Because their stable used there. to be off to the side of the bedroom, and it's not there anymore, but you would hear them. I mean, it's pretty on your devices. On right? device, on recorders, we got EVPs on. Not on site. Like, is it is it once you get back and yeah, start listen listening? Right. That's when yep, you hear. Yep. Or if you go outside or whatever. To do you guys ever hear on site? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. One more, we heard three disembodied voices that night in Nebraska. What does that mean? Where you actually hear a voice coming from from a source that you can't see. Oh. It's a voice that you know you just heard. Yeah. But yeah. nobody else in the room yeah, opened their like, mouth. Wow. Is that where you're like, hey, did you just hear that? Yeah, did you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. The yep. school, remember the door that slammed at the school? Yep. We are going down the hallway, and all of a sudden we had a big old loud slam. And we turn around, it's like come from down there. And it had been like that janitor's closet door had slammed there, and it's like nobody was back there. And we were right through uh, the door when it happened. Yeah. I've also had colleagues on Venture Paranormal when they've gone to Post Town Elementary in Ohio, where they yell out for help, but nobody can hear them. Oh, they like kind of put like it's, a where sound. It's, it's like a sound yeah. barrier, yeah. for the lack of a better word. You know, I, Chad came back and talked to Michelle. He's like, didn't you just hear me screaming my head off for help? Yeah. I was getting chased down by a shadow figure. I was screaming for help. No, we didn't. We didn't hear you. They were, they were less than 100 feet away. Are you guys ever chased by anything? I chase things away. I was pushed in the schoolhouse once, the Manila yeah. schoolhouse. You were pushed. And that you were was physically pushed blessing. in front of him, actually. We were doing a blessing because the upstairs was just darker than dark. And we had some things going on at the school yeah. that needed to be rectified. Right. Sure. And the spirits were kind of all out of whack. And, yeah. and I was one of the perpetrators of that and didn't realize it at the time that I was doing more harm than good. Oh. And oh. so I think they were trying to send a little bit of a message. I wasn't hurt, but I did go, I, I did I did slide for a good five or five or six feet. And I, could, and I could firmly feel 
two hands and on each shoulder blade as it as it shoved me down. Was yep. it like a cold feeling too? Didn't have any cold feeling. I just one 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 second I was standing up and the next minute I was on my belly sliding down the hall. Now is that <laughs> something like when you walk when you walk into a space you physically feel if there's a presence there, or is that just something that you get now from you're your more on the an empath, yeah, empath yeah. medium side of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. See, I don't know the difference between a lot of that, so well, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Do you guys uh, are you guys in contact with people who do that? Yeah. I'm actually an empath myself. Oh, okay. So you can feel different things. Then. Is that what I can means? pick up on feelings. Um, I'm really good at. I'm a, I, people call me a human lie detector. I, you know, I know when someone's you know misgiving you misinformation. Kind of Normally, bad. sometimes I'm not I'm not 100 percent by any means, but I've gotten burned many times. But it's just it, it, we're we're human. We make we make mistakes. But yeah, no, it's picking up on a lot. Most people are even just a basic low level empath. If you've ever walked into a room after somebody's been arguing, like a really bad heated argument, you can feel that tension in the room, that heaviness. That's like it's almost something like evil causing people to argue, if you will. Well, the, well, no, it's no, it's the or just the energy people give the, off. Yeah, it, we we imprint energy. Right. We leave an, an imprinted energy on our environment. So you know, it, you pick up on somebody's sadness. It's sad, or you walk into a room where they where they've argued. You, you pick up on that hostility, and you can just kind of feel it or cut it with a knife. That's that's what it's yeah. like to be an empath. Okay, so, so yeah. for those of us that don't know, is there a specific like, what's the definition of an empath? Or I believe you said a medium. Medium is someone that can actually communicate with the other side, has that spirit communication of some way, shape, or form. Whether they see him, some can see him, some can hear him, some or some some have the some have the the the, the triple threat going on. It it is every person's different. Okay, and then an empath is more so of feeling emotions and yep. okay, being able to look at someone and be like, okay, you're a good person, and just naturally kind of know. Who you're dealing with, who you're looking at. Um, like he was saying, if you're in a room right after a fight, then you know you walk in and go, it feels tense in here. Well, that's being in power. Okay. Everybody has a little bit of what in them, even if it's not more extended. You still feel okay. I know you're sad. Let me hug you, and that's. You think these spirits that haunt things possibly. Um, are uh, maybe a victim of that, uh, you know, as let's say they, they passed in the house or whatever, and it was they, it was very negative energy at the time. Do you think that has something to do with them sticking around? We have had investigations where, say, there was a rape, and the person that's there was a victim of that, and so it's a negative energy, and but it's because they are stuck there because of what had happened in the trauma and what had happened um kind of to go along with that we had a uh, investigation in knoxville iowa and uh there was a residual the story was someone hung themselves in the basement shot themselves in the living room and it was about nine o'clock every single night and we heard a gunshot with your ears at nine o'clock if you didn't hear it with your ears you'd hear it on the recording and that was the time the guy had shot himself in the living room. So there's two different events happen, like somebody hung themselves and then somebody else shot themselves? Is that what you said? It was two different people. Oh. I don't know if it was at the same time. And that was the same place the I was talking about earlier. The same place, yes. But we, we could get the death records off the one, but the second one we couldn't get anything out of, so we oh. don't know if it actually happened or not. 
But that was the story you were told That was the story we told, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, sometimes the spirits are, it's like a happy place for them. Like it might have been the child, it might be their childhood memories that they stuck in the house, so that's why they want to be there. Right. That's where their happiest yeah. memories were, is there at home. Or different places like that. Going off of the uh, clairvoyancy and empath stuff, um, there's all, you know, there's different gifts and stuff that go along with it. Being empaths, me and her are both empaths as well, and I've also tapped into my clairaudiency so I can hear a little bit more outside than most people. And then one of my other side gifts is I know that spirits, you know, they'll enter dreams and they'll give you messages and stuff. So I'll get like these messages and which uh, I defined as premonition because there was a while back when uh, Matt was helping Manila school and uh, we were getting ready for an event that was about to happen like what, about a week or so later. You're talking about the September or the May? The last event we had? That was a September one. Yep. Well, the, the night before I went to sleep, woke up. Or I had a dream, and I didn't really know what to think of it. And I told, you know, and it involved the school, and I told Matt, and, uh, you know, sure enough, we're at where we're at now because of what I seen in this dream. And it's like, okay, so that must have been a premonition. You know, I, you know, I seen this happening, and then, sure enough, after the event, later on down the line, it happened. And, you know, we're at where we're at now, so there's... Most people will call it deja vu. Yeah, I was just going to ask if that's... Deja vu, premonitions, but... It's pretty much the same thing. What I've noticed is some nights I will have... I will dream right before an investigation, and what I dream of is, like, for example, the building. I dreamt of this garage, but it was like a fake dream. It was about zombies, and Mm. I was running from these zombies, and I had to hide my sister under this old red antique car well we were at this investigation and i went to drive around town just to blow like you know just to do whatever to blow some time and uh i uh had came across this garage with the red car in it and it was the same doors same windows same car everything and it wasn't so much as like a deja vu like i just remember this conversation it was like i just saw this Interesting. I have a question about the structure of your your organizations. Like, do you guys look for people to fill in certain like uh, gaps? Like, we want a medium. We want a person that's a little bit more detective-ish. We want someone who's more of an empath. Are we looking for like someone like you, man? I'm assuming that has a, like a combination of multiple skills in that. Do you guys go out and try to find those people, or is it just organic? You allowed to be organic. Find them is that is that they kind they kind of just happen. Yeah, so it's more organic. You just allow it to. You run into them pretty much. All right, I don't know if you just like oh we need a impact. Yeah, yeah. They show up when they show up when they're needed. So that's. I dig that. And you guys are kind of it's a family thing, right? This one pretty much is. Patrick and I used to work together, so we that's when we decided to come up with the team. Okay. And. Yeah, pretty much my family, pretty much, except we have a couple more. These are friends that we've actually investigated their houses before, and now they're, they're uh, actually on our team. Okay, so what do extended relatives, do they believe in what you guys are doing, or do they think you're crazy, or...? My, all my family thinks I'm crazy. Besides my, besides my wife and my kids, <laughs> my mom, my aunts, my uncles, yeah, they all think So I'm Thanksgiving crazy. is not a good time, basically. Well, just don't yeah, talk about yeah. it. Yeah, so, so just don't bring it up. And you're, yeah. it, always, it always depends. I mean, they have to be brought into it and mm-hmm. experience for themselves. Like, when I met him, um, we've been married for a little over two years now, he is like, oh, yeah, 
I've seen ghost hunters and all that, and the only experience I had was a pop bottle fell off a shelf. I don't like know I how. mentioned earlier. That's all he said until we started bringing him out to these. Then he goes, oh, wait, something just flew across the room, and it wasn't any of us. So it opened him up into more, more of the reality sure. and That's not being so about. skeptic about everything. I was more open. You know, I was more on the brink than I was cl- completely closed. I wasn't completely closed. Man. I was more on that brink. And then I got to meet her, and we got to go out a few times, and it's like, okay, well, now I'm leaning more towards the open-mindedness of the aspect instead of the closed-minded, you know, because there is more out there. We sure. just, a lot of, there's a lot of closed-minded people, and then we have our open-minded people, which are us here, and it's like, there is more out there. We just got to find the way to get people, you know, to, to prove it. To experience it. Yeah. Do you often have friends that don't believe in but they're curious and or anything like that you brought them with you and you kind of changed them maybe yeah a little bit yeah or not <laughs> yeah um the the schoolhouse you keep hearing referred to the Manoa schoolhouse there were several people that walked in those doors skeptics and ran out full believers <laughs> so that's like where i'm at like mm-hmm. i want to believe but then i don't want anything bad to happen to me or my family like, we have three little kids at home, and I'm like, this is going to be so fun tonight, as long as we don't bring anything back with us. Yeah. She did <laughs> say that when we got I in the did, car. and I'm like, how do you protect yourself from that kind of, or what do you tell somebody like me that's like, uh, but I just don't want anybody, like, jumping into my body <laughs> or just whatever. just take anything, or, uh, I don't <laughs> know. Like, so, it's not so much they'll jump into your body. Things to remember on that, you know, when we're doing, you know, use the energy from the phone, use the energy from the batteries. You do not have permission to touch me or use my energy at all. Okay. Right. So it's all about setting boundaries. Yeah. yeah or if much. you feel mm-hmm. that something's in your house, just say you don't belong here, you're not welcome here, you need to leave. We always go to investigations blessed. We have blessed crosses and St. Michael's medallions. Honestly, you can walk into the bathroom at a truck stop and get an attachment. Okay. Walmart. You can, Walmart. Really? I mean, yeah. it the just depends. You can go if, you, if you meet someone, say... We have a little boy spirit that yeah, follows us. They're always attached to us, always, always follows us, no matter what building we go into. Well, they can like you and go, oh, I really like this woman, or you know, you bring your kids in, oh, I really like the kids. And so it'll go home with you. But most of the times when things like that happen, it won't harm you. Okay. We just had an investigation last weekend and there was a lot of cats no- cat noises and that was a complaint. And turns out that after this investigation, we actually had this cat come home with us because I will hear it. We have cats ourselves, but right. I stay upstairs where cats don't go. Thing is, is, another teammate that was at this investigation, she's having the same exact experiences that we are. Okay. So it's kind of like a residual, but yet it's as if they had came home with us. This was one I was not on. But it is not, it's not bad. I mean, you, you can know it's a cat. Okay, you're going to rattle stuff in mm-hmm. my my uh, office but you know if things start happening where you get scratched things start flying at you i mean that's when you you know you pray you do whatever you believe in mm-hmm. okay. and just tell them you know it's your house your rules that's you don't belong that was gonna get bring out. me back to what we were talking about before are you religious because i'm like you're saying pray and stuff so it's basically whatever your beliefs are yes yep. okay that's interesting we're religious but i know there's a lot of stuff out there that's a mystery and can't right, always right. be explained so you know we've had 
it's funny the church we go to uh, some pastors are like they believe in ghosts and things and, and some are like they're upon it yes right, exactly. right. I, I have an uncle and a, a great aunt they're pastor and one's a, one's a big nun in the in the catholic community they, they, they don't want to know about it yeah right. so my I don't, um, yeah, I don't deny any of that stuff like I, I think there's so much out there so much mystery you know yeah. I always like to say that I don't believe in ghosts but if they're around me please don't hurt me I want to, sort of, but, you know. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, like, I don't want to welcome anything harmful into my life. When it comes to spirits and attachments, nine times out of ten, if there's something there, you know, like he was saying, you know, the off chance of it being demonic or evil is very slim you know most of them are just wanting to get your attention you know it's like hey notice me notice me <laughs> and no right. mess don't mess with your stuff it's like notice me notice me and that's kind <laughs> of stuff. Yeah. Uh, 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 a stigma that that's attached with this the industry is that when everybody throws the word the attachment word around they automatically go to the negative side of things it's got to be a negative attachment mm-hmm. no it doesn't i have attachments they're my spirit guides they follow me everywhere i go that's the thing they can be absolutely positive attachments you know if you're sad they can always be there lift you up and it's like you know okay i know you're here you know help me get through this day you know it's a great day make it a great day sure and the attachment can very well just be your grandmother guardian angel yeah yeah Yeah. my grandmother it's all a matter of perception how how people perceive things i've always told my kids that growing up that's the one thing i've tried to pound into their heads if you don't ever learn anything else i say (laughs) make sure you realize that perception is everything if if you come off a crappy person to a person, guess what? You're a crappy person because they perceive you that way. Right. And probably for the rest of your life.